thank you for the social media, Lord God, that we have that's been made. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you right now, God, for this day, this, this opportunity you give us to gather in your name, Lord, and to lift you up, Lord, and to just give glory to you, Lord, to magnify you, Lord. In this place, we ask you, Lord, to let your spirit have free course, Lord. We, we turn everything over to you right now, our thoughts, God, our troubles, our concerns, even those things, God, that we haven't spoken to anyone. Lord, we turn them over to you right now. God, that you would speak to us, Lord. That you would have your way, God. Move every issue, every stumbling block, Lord, that would try and stop any one of us from receiving your word this morning. Lord, that you can speak directly to our spirit. Past our resistance of the flesh, God. Past our intellect that's trying to make sense of it, Lord. Speak to our spirit so that we can receive. As spirit speaks to spirit, Lord, that your will be done in us and through us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And you can be seated. Amen. We're excited to be in this new location. Amen. Opportunity. Amen. God, you know, it's so good. Just look around and tell somebody, look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. It's, it's, Truly, it's not our goodness, amen, but it's all by the glory and the grace of God, amen, that we're here, amen, after clearing the hurdles and all those things that, you know, would try to prevent or stop or delay the process, but guess what, you know, we persevere, amen, God says, he, we, we serve a relentless God, so we must be what, relentless people, amen, just pressing in and trusting him and believing him, I thank God for for Elder Blackburn, amen, coming and sharing those scriptures. But many of y'all may not know, I mean, this month, just in a few more days, he's going to be 90 years old. Woo! So to still be doing, still worshiping and praising and sharing the word of God, you know, at 90, that, that's a testament to living a good life in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. To get that help and that strength that we need, amen, to continue on, you know. We've seen people much younger, amen, than Elder Blackburn, who just haven't made it this far. Amen. And I'm not just talking about in life. I'm talking about in trusting God and standing on his word, amen, because that's, that's what really matters. Amen. Is where are we when that time arrives in our life, amen, for us to, you know, acknowledge who he is and walk in his ways. I, I thank God for you know, the gift that he's given us of this place, amen, and the opportunity. You know, after two years, amen, to the month, <laughs> two years of operating out of the school gym, this is this is nice. Hallelujah. Amen. This, is, this is nice, amen. And we yeah. just want to give a shout out to, to Pastor Yvonne Howard, amen, and the, the former members of this church, amen, that were here, amen, as, um, the refuge, from the city of refuge, amen. They took good care of the place. Yes, and now we can call it home. Amen. For ourselves. Amen. And just, you know, over those two years, amen, there was a lot of challenges, a lot of things, ups and downs, adjustments and shifts and so forth. And you know what? It was a bit challenging. Amen. But God got us through it. Thank amen. God. I think he strengthened us in areas. Amen. He's worked on us and showed us different things. Amen. And just the opportunity, just to, to forge through. And I thank God, you know, I, I really want to give a, a big shout out to the media team. Amen. Yeah. You know, no matter what, every every Saturday, amen, setting up, amen, putting, fighting all the gremlins and the equipment and, you know, just being, being, you know, relentless no matter what, persevering through the challenges so that, you know, we can continue to be online, amen, and continue to have our services. And, and not to forget, amen, our worship team, amen, the, the VIP, amen, also, amen, just continued, amen, to, to be resourceful in finding ways to re rehearse and practice and prepare, amen, and show up on Sunday and lead us into the presence of the Lord. And a lot of things going on behind the scenes that sometimes we don't really know about, but God is making a way, man, and suppress. It takes people that are committed. Amen. To do, you know, when, when the challenges come, sometimes, you know, people just when, when there's a challenge, we just give up. 
you know, but I thank God even for each and every one of you who stuck with us, amen, through this, through this season, amen, because, you know, people, you know, we've had people that left, amen, because of, you know, job or family circumstances, or maybe they just weren't comfortable not being in an established building in place, you know, but whatever the case is, we thank God for each and every one that has stayed through the journey. Amen. And God's got greater things in store for us as we just continue to, to believe him and trust him. Amen. We lost a few. Amen. Even in life during the journey. But God knows all things. Amen. So we don't fret, but we we continue. Amen. To trust him and believe that God has more for us. Just tell somebody next to you that God got more for us. Now, just make it more specific. God got more for you. Amen. Make it personal. God got more for me. Amen. Not only we ask him for more, we, we got to recognize that, you know, we, I, I hear how we say so often, we can't be God-given. Amen. And that's just not talking about money. Amen. That, that, that covers every area of our lives. Amen. Our peace, our joy, our strength. Amen. Our loved ones. Amen. All those things that, you know, money came by, God can bless you in every area. If we would just trust him and believe him, you know, in these things and continue to stand on his word. But we thank God, amen, for where we are today. And this morning, I want to speak to us, amen, as the Holy Spirit leads, you know, from the subject, Lord, help my unbelief. Lord, help my unbelief. Now say that with me, Lord, Lord. help my unbelief. It's easy to look at everybody else, other people and their shortcomings and their issues, you know, but sometimes we got to just put on the brakes, pick up the mirror or step in front of the mirror and say, Lord, help me. You know, in the King James, he said, help mine unbelief. I like that, that verbiage, amen, because it makes it mine. It's mine. It don't, this unbelief ain't somebody else's. But we want to just deal with this, this, this topic this morning. So I'm going to be coming to you starting off in the book of Mark. And we're going to start in chapter 9, you know, and just, there's so much in this. I, you know, I've used this, this passage of scripture in a recent, another recent message that I spoke, but there's so much in it, amen, that, you know, I, I really want us to dig, and, you know, my wife kind of picks on me sometimes because of the words I use, but this is one of those didactic passages of scripture, it means that's a teaching scripture, it's one for instruction, amen, as you dig into it and you look into it. Amen. Because truly, I know I want to get everything the word of God has for me. Amen. Well, sometimes we can read over stuff. And when I say we, I'm not just talking about y'all. Me too. We'll read over stuff and we'll miss it. And then later on, you read that same thing and it hits you like a, a brick. Like, whoa, how come I didn't see that the first time? How, how come I didn't get that? But we, we look at it and we begin to see. So we'll, we, we want to dig into this one a little bit further this morning. And starting at the 14th verse, it says, and when he came to his disciples, he saw a great multitude about them, and the scribes questioning with them. And straightway all the people, when they beheld him, were greatly amazed, and running to him, salute, saluted him. And he asked the scribes, what question ye with them? Why are you questioning my disciples? You know, the scribes and Pharisees, they were the ones that were supposed to be the, the, the religious leaders. I mean, they, they were the ones that the people were supposed to come to. But all of a sudden, Jesus' disciples start showing up and doing things and saying things. Amen. And, and people were paying attention to him. So now they want to say, what are y'all talking about? What are you doing? I mean, what's, what's going on here? So they, they begin to question them. It said in the 17th verse, said, and, and one of them, one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which has a dumb spirit. Don't miss that. Okay. He said, which has a what? Dumb spirit. Dumb spirit. Don't mean dumb mean you don't know something. Okay. So, he, you know, so he said he has a dumb spirit and whithersoever he t taketh him, he teareth him, he foameth, he gnashes with his teeth, he pineth and pineth away. And I spake to thy disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. What's wrong with the disciples of Jesus Christ? We're going to get to it. 19 said, he answered him and said, 
O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him to me. Remember those statements, oh, faithless generation. How long shall I be? How long am I going to have to put up with y'all? You know? He said, bring him to me. And they brought him unto him, and when he saw him, straightway the spirit tear him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed foaming. And he asked his father, Jesus is asking the father, how long also is, it, is it a ghost since this came upon him? And he said, of a child. Take note of that. How long he been dealing with this issue? They don't say how long the man is, but how old he is. But he obviously he's not not a child no more. But he said he's been dealing with this since he was a child. This spirit has been on him since he was a child. And I want us to think what things have we been dealing with since we were children? That's still there. What what dumb spirit? may be upon us in this area or that area that we're still dealing with. And he's still there. As far as he of a child, and oftentimes it has cast him into the fire and into the water. Why? To destroy him. Look what the, the, the purpose of this spirit is. To destroy him. So if I can step back, how long have we been dealing with this thing that may have been upon us from our childhood? That's been trying to destroy us. Uh Casting us maybe not in the fire, maybe not in the water, but in this relationship or that situation or this circumstance or that circumstance. Only trying to destroy us. And the enemy will only try to destroy you if he knew you had a purpose. And guess what? All God's people have a purpose. God didn't create us for no reason. But he's trying to destroy us and he'll put things on us in, in situations and circumstances that open the door for the enemy to come in and he abides there only for a purpose of destroying. The devil never tries to do anything to make you better. But he's trying to destroy us from within and, and we need to recognize the warfare that we're dealing with, amen, even when we become of age. Like I said, dad's about to be 90, but the enemy ain't done messing with him yet either. As long as we're living and breathing, the adversary wants to destroy us. He wants to get us off course. He wants to get us out of the will of God. That's why I said it's amazing when you see a man that after, at, at this age still seeking God. Still standing on the word. But, but all the things, and there's been many things in his life, and I know in mine, that it can easily have derailed us along the way. Isn't that right there? Can easily said, I give up, I don't need this, I don't want to go through that, I don't want to do this. But you got to have that tenacity. A made up mind that I'm going to hold on because, you know how the old, old songwriter say, I'm going to hold on and what? See what the end going to be. Because we know there's going to be an end. And if we read the scripture, it gives us two parallel, I mean, you know, two opposing ends, not parallel, but opposing it. So I'm going to hold on to God to see what my end going to be. Because if I know if I let go, I got a pretty good idea what it's going to be. So if we got to just continue to trust God, amen, and don't let the adversary continue to have his way in our lives. Mm. But to destroy him, he said, but if thou canst do anything. This is what the father said to Jesus. He said, but if thou can do anything, if you can help him. But I, I, I like the, the wording of what the father says, have compassion on him and help him. Is that what he said? Thank you. See, I misread that intentionally because I want to make a point here. He said, have compassion on us. And help us. Because what affects my son. Affects me. Or can I say it the other way around. What affects me. Affects my son. So if he's saying. If, if you can do anything. Have compassion on us. Help us in this situation. Because this thing has been messing with us for a long time. I can't be happy. I can't be free. Because my son is bound. I can't have the joy that I want. I, I can't have the relationship that I need to have with my son as long. So it's messing us up. 
What's going on in my life or your life that's messing us up? That's messing up. See, because your life is never just your life. Unless you're living up in, in, in Alaska somewhere, back in the woods, amen, all by yourself. But guess what? You know, I watch those shows. They say they're off the grid, you know, and they this, that, and the other. But watch the episodes long enough. They're connecting with somebody. Because they need somebody. They're going to get down to the general store somewhere. Because somebody's going to supply something that they can't do on their own. So they need somebody. And your life affects all those that you touch. So when he said, help us, we need to take note of that, amen. When he helps Pastor Sam, he's helping me. When he helps Minister Robert, he's helping me. When he helps Pastor Linda, he's showing up. Helping a brother. You see, so we got to recognize, amen. And, and when, I, when I lose my mind, how many people do you think it affects? All, right. all those in my circle. All those that I touch. See, so we need to recognize, amen. It's just not about me. Say that to yourself. It's just not about me. It's about everybody else that's all around me, amen, because God wants to use you and me to be a blessing to everybody that we touch. Amen. He, he didn't want to say, man, to get him off track. Well, look what Jesus said. He said, Jesus said unto him, if thou canst believe. Say that word with me. Believe. If you can just believe. All things. Notice he didn't say a few. He said all things are possible with him that believeth. Mm. Because it's not yourself you're believing in. It's not the situation or the circumstance that you're believing in. What he's letting him know is if you believe in me, and we've already established through the word that he is the truth. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. If you just believe that, all things are possible for you. Amen. For him that believes. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. He was mature enough to recognize that although he was a believer, because he wouldn't have went to Jesus and asked for help if he didn't believe he could do something. But he was mature enough to recognize that there were areas in his life that he didn't believe. Areas in his life Amen. That he was dealing with unbelief. And the unbelief was the problem. Amen. And, and if we could just get past that, that's why he said, Lord, help mine. And like I said, the verbiage here, he, he took total ownership of that. Mine. My unbelief. I'm not talking about my wife's unbelief. Oh, we could do it if they would just act right. If they, we could do it if. No. My unbelief. So we need to grab hold of that and say, wow. And Jesus saw that the people came running together. He rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, thou dumb and deaf spirit. I just can't get past that part. Dumb, dumb and deaf. We say deaf and dumb, dumb and deaf. But I'm looking at it from a spiritual aspect. Deaf to the word of God. Dumb to the truth. Wow. Don't want to hear it. How many times as we are Christians, I'm not talking about, you know, to the, to the outside world right now, but we as Christians, how many times have we been in a place we just didn't want to hear it? See, that's the difference between being dumb and being ignorant. It's not, it's not necessarily a bad thing. You just don't know. And How many times have we said to someone or someone said to us, you don't know what you don't know. But to be ignorant means that you're ignoring what you do know. That's what comes from ignorance. Ignorance of the truth. Ignorance of the word. So, but he's talking to this dumb spirit because this dumb spirit thought he was in control. He thought he had it going on. But he said, no. And Jesus spoke unto him, thou dumb, I mean, thou dumb and deaf spirit. 
I charge thee to come out of him and enter no more into him. Your reign is over. Uh, I say, well, what things maybe in your life that, that had to come to that place? I know there was some in my that, that reign of that deaf and dumb spirit had to come to an end so I could be set free. Am I the only one? I don't think so. Amen. But it, but it took calling on the name of the Lord. Amen. And, and his intervention. Amen. To bring understanding, truth and revelation to those areas. Amen. And to expose the dumbness. Amen. And to heighten the deafness of the word to get past all that to be able to hear and to receive what the spirit of the Lord was saying. If he can keep us in those places, he can keep us bondage in those places and we think we're free. Why? Because remember, we believe but we haven't yet recognized our unbelief. And the unbelief is holding us captive. The unbelief is getting in our way. Lord, help my unbelief. Help me in these areas, amen. See, you know, and, and look what he said. And the spirit crieth and rent him sore and came out of him. See, when the authority of the Lord shows up in your life, just like in this man's life, the enemy got to go. Amen. He got to go, but we got to be willing to let him go. Sometimes we hold on to things because we think they empower us. We hold on to it because we're comfortable with it. We hold on to it because we can't imagine being without it. We hold on to it because we don't know what God's going to do if we let it go. So, so we, we hold on. But see, the spirit I had to go and the spirit cried and written him sore. I mean, it, it didn't go willingly, but it had to go. It was a fight. Amen. But it had to go. And look what happened. And he was one dead. And so much that many said, he's dead. And every time I read that, you know, since I've been looking at this, I think about that song that we say, why don't you die now? So they have to die no more. Huh? So you got to let this flesh die so your spirit can live. You got to let this flesh, you know, you, you got to recognize that it's not in control. It's not in charge. But as long as you let it be. Then the spirit man on the inside is suffering. But when we get to this place, you know, because they looked at him, they thought he was dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up. Somebody raise your hand. Hallelujah. Do we need Jesus to take us by the hand? Yes. And lift up out of some of them places, amen, that the enemy has made us comfortable. That the enemy has made us feel like there's no, it don't get no better, it can't change. We need to lift up our hand, he said, and let Jesus lifted him up and he arose. Notice, he arose. He didn't resist him. He said, come on out of there. He said, come on, you ain't, you, you're dead to that stuff now. But he, he didn't resist him, but he arose. Reminds me of the man who the Lord told, pick up your bed and walk. And, you know, not take authority over your problem. The thing that's had you bound and the thing that you've been stuck with. Hey Amen. You got the authority now. And he wants us to walk in that authority. And when it was come in, when he was coming to the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could not we cast him out? And he said unto them, this kind, this kind came out for came forth by nothing but prayer and fasting and what do we say prayer and fasting just means that you're working on getting further in the truth you're getting you're working on you know crucifying this flesh and bringing it under subjection you're working on building up your spirit man amen so that you can walk in the spirit and not make provision for the lust of the flesh as the scripture said see so praying and fasting means I'm, I'm getting in Christ more and when I'm in Christ I'm in the truth and when I'm walking in the truth I can take authority over all the lies of the enemy even the ones he's directing towards me. We take authority over those things, amen. So we look at here, you know, that this, this event, I mean, there was a lot took place in a short period of time. And Jesus is showing them that, you know, we don't have to be bound by the things of our past. He said, well, I didn't see that in the scripture. He said it had been with him since he was a child. Those are the things of the past. He said, you don't have to be bound by those things of the past. We can be set free from them whenever we choose to trust the truth. 
And I, I look at this, I'm saying, wow. You know, in Matthew, you know, it, it, it's recorded, but there's some important details that are slightly different than, than we, we, we see in the book of Luke. Let's look at Matthew 17. You know, see, we're looking at this. And, you know, it's, it's Matthew had a, a different take. I mean, different things got his attention. So he, when he wrote, he wrote a little bit differently. And he, said, and he said, and when they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is lunatic. <laughs> What's lunatic mean, y'all? He's crazy. You know, that's, that's what we say. Or he's out of his mind. He done lost his mind. You know, but he, he said he's lunatic and sore vexed and oft times falleth into the fire and oft into the water. I, and I brought him to thy disciples and they could not cure him. See, Matthew just gets to the details. You know, he's like, hey, boom, boom, boom. And then 17 verse, then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? He said, you know, I've given you the word, I've given you direction, and you're still not getting it. You know, I, you know, we know Jesus is loving. You know, he died for us on the cross, you know, all that. But I think there were some times that Christ got a little vexed. Huh? You know, in, in proof, I mean, when he went into the temple, I mean, he said he turned over the table, tables, and he, before he went in, he made a little whip. Of cords, amen. And so he didn't just turn over the tables. He was <laughs> he running them out of there. Amen. You know, so, so sometimes we just see him as meek and mild. But when it came to certain things, just like you and me, he could get a little frustrated with, what would you say, Pastor? Ignorance. Ignorance. Ignoring. And you'd be amazed how often, even we as his children, can choose to ignore his word. But look what he says here. You know, he said, bring him hither. And Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, why could not we cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, now look, look at the different details that, he, that, that Matthew puts in this conversation. Because of your unbelief. See, Luke didn't point that out. And he's not talking to the scribes and the Pharisees. He's talking to his disciples. Why couldn't I get over this? Why couldn't I do this? Why couldn't I maintain? Why couldn't I? And you fill in the blanks in your life. Why couldn't I? And he says, because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, if you have faith, how many has got faith in here? Okay, he said, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall be removed, and nothing, and nothing, and nothing. So whatever you put in, well, I can't do that, I just couldn't, I just, he said, and nothing, if you have faith, if you believe. So what's overriding the faith and the unbelief? He said, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Yeah. And then he told him about the fasting and praying. In other words, you can need to fast and pray, amen, to get your flesh under subjection. You need to fast and pray to humble this thing and so you can walk. But he's, he's letting them know. So the problem that we see here, you know, as, as he's pointing out these additional notes, amen, these points, amen, that, that weren't covered in Luke, he said the problem is what? Unbelief. He, he just shot straight. I mean, he just, boom, there it is. His disciples, why couldn't we cast him out? Why couldn't we? You know, because of your unbelief. He didn't say because you had sin in your life. He didn't say you, you, you haven't been fasting or you haven't been. He said your unbelief. And that's why I, I look at this, this whole thing said, Lord, help my unbelief. Because my unbelief can stop me from accomplishing the things that God wants me to do. My unbelief can stop me from seeing the victory in areas of my life that I should be walking in victory. My unbelief 
can derail me from the blessings that God has in store for me. Because of what I see right now, my unbelief stopped me from getting over the hump to get to the, you know how they say it's darkest before the dawn? We bail out 10 o'clock. We don't wait for midnight. Hmm? Because of your unbelief. But he, he told him, he said, but if you have faith. And someone might be saying, well, how can I have faith and unbelief at the same time? Easy. I'm about to throw someone for a loop here. Because we are not immune to being double-minded. I believe God over here. I know he's able over here. But this here, I just don't know. Because really, I, I, really what it is, I just don't want to. So I don't, I, I don't want to believe that he can fix it. I don't want to believe that he'll change it. I want, so so I, I believe I'm saved and I'm going to heaven. Hallelujah, I'm on my way. But over here. Lord, just when we get to that place, I'm trying to help us today. When we get to that place, we need to be able to say, Lord, help my unbelief. Help my unbelief right here because my flesh don't want to do this and my flesh don't want to go through this. I don't want to pay this. Whatever it might be in your life. But his word says, I know what the word says, but. But I see, see, we believe more in what we can and can't do than what God can and can't do. And, and we get to that place and we need to fall back. And I remember Apostle David talked about help my unbelief. Lord, help my no, not just Apostle David. The man in the Bible said it. And, 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 and G, he said it to Jesus. And Jesus, what did Jesus do? I ain't like, you're on your own. No. He helped his unbelief. He asked for help. What do you think? He's a good, don't we sing a song? Don't the word teach us that he's a good, good father? And he gives good, good gifts to who? His children. So if we ask him for help, it said he won't give you a stone. If you ask him for bread, he won't give you a stone. So I, I know that if we ask him for help, and we believe, because he said, if you have faith, here comes that hard part that we don't want to hear. Nothing shall be impossible to you. Help the Lord. So I submit to you that unbelief is one of the major things that's hindering the church today. Unbelief, see, see this was, the Bible is written to us. And unbelief is one of the major things that hinders us, amen, let alone unbelievers. They got a reason not to, you know, but, but the church folks, you know, it's a whole different story. Unbelief. You know, just go through your own Rolodex. Where, where are the areas in my life? Because, you know, even as I was working on this message, I had to check myself. What, what areas am I? Where's my unbelief? You know, and, and, and you know, if you ask him long enough, it don't take long. It might be one question, maybe a second time, you know, but it don't tell. he begins to show you. Do you really believe me here? Have you really trusted me here? Did you believe that, you know, I know what you're going to go through before you even seen it coming? And do you believe me? You know, so we, we got to come to that place. You know, Jesus, he had some challenges. You know, but this area of unbelief is powerful. It can stop God from moving in your life. So, well, I don't see that. Let's look at Matthew 13. Let's turn over there. Matthew 13, we're going to start at verse number 53. And it said, it came to pass that when Jesus had finished these parables... He departed thence, and when he was coming to his own country, his own country, mm 
folk he grew up with, folk who knew him as a child, you know, he was familiar with. He's his own country, people that, that he, he, he had relationship with and he loved them. And, you know, and, and when you got relationship with folk and you love them and this is, you want to bless them, right? You, you just want to, you know, you can just relax and just, just be a blessing. But in his own country, he taught them in their synagogues in so much that they were astonished. Now he come home, but he came home different. Because when he left, you know, he was one way, but then he began his ministry. So now he's coming back as the man of God, as God in the flesh, as Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Savior. He's coming back in the fullness of his authority. So he comes, amen, and he begins to teach in the synagogues in so much that they were astonished and said, which has this man, this wisdom and these mighty words? Like, where, where he get this wisdom? Where, where he getting these words? He said, "Is not this the carpenter's son? I know him. Who does he think he is? Amen. Come on. Oh, I, I, I know him. Is not his mother called Mary and his brethren James and Hosea and, and Simon and Judas? They, they, his brothers is right, and, and his sisters—they're all here with us. So." What, what, what makes him different? Who, why, what, how, how do he think he can come here and teach us something? All right, all right. So, so they, they went on, amen, and, and they said, they're here with us. Which has he, has this man all these things? And here comes the other problem. It says, and they were offended with him, in him. Have you ever, you know, I'm not trying to look at nobody right now, but ask yourself, have I ever been offended in Jesus? Have, has his word, his principles, his stance ever been an offense to me? Because, I mean, he came, he came back. And he just came back being who he was and just being who he was offended them. You ever hear have someone tell you the word of God and you take offense to it? See, because if you take offense to the word, you take an offense to him. Because he said, you know, the word lets us know he is the word. Amen. So we look at this and he said, and they were offended in him. Wow. That one really got me as I began to look at it. Wow. See, the offense comes along with the, the unbelief. Yeah. So, I say the offense comes with the unbelief because you're saying if I don't believe this, something's wrong with me. I take offense to that. Because I know I'm all right. I know I love God. So I'm offended that you would think that this has anything to do with my relationship with God. Even though I'm not believing him in this area of my life, it ain't got nothing to do with my relationship. See, therein lies the ignorance. Because we choose to do something otherwise. And we choose, amen, what's convenient and what's comfortable. But those areas that challenge me, those areas that would cause me to humble myself under the mighty hand of God, imagine that. I'm offended because you're expecting something of me that I, no, we use the word can't, but won't do. So we look at this amen and we, 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 we see the offense and we got to be honest with ourselves. Where have I been offended? Or maybe I'm still walking in an offense because God didn't do something I expected him to do. Or he didn't do it when I expected it or, or how I expected him to do. So I'm offended in him. You know, so I, I think about all those things. But he said, but Jesus said unto them, a prophet is not without honor save in his own country and in his own house. Whew. 
And we said, this is the house of the Lord. I, I, I said, this is about my body. This is God's house. As for me in this house, we're going to serve the Lord. But see, am I believing for everything in this house? Uh, you know, it, it, do I honor him in this house? In how I live? And, you know, because uh, it's not a building that we're really talking about. But it's, it's in this house that he's given my spirit to abide in while I'm here on planet earth. Amen. And, and do I honor him in this house? And do I believe him in all these heirs in this house? He said, and he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. We're right back to the unbelief. See, the unbelief, when we look at them, amen, we need to notice the specific reason. Jesus has given us some specific reasons in these two passages why things aren't happening in our lives like he wants them to happen. Because we walk in an offense and we walk in unbelief. And the two are cousins. They, they just hang out together. They just hang out together. And, and see, we, we, we feel powerful and we feel justified to walk in our offenses. But when someone says, well, that's because of unbelief. Now we, <laughs> we get even more offended. Because you're challenging my Hmm. But you, we need to realize one thing. It's really not your faith. It's the faith of God that wants to operate through you. And we're being a roadblock. He wants to show you something in your situation. But we're being a roadblock because our flesh is saying, eh, I don't want to do that right now. You know, we look at it. Amen, and there's so many reasons, amen, that, that, that we can find to be offended in Jesus. You know, he hadn't done anything wrong, amen. But we need to look at the fact, amen. When he came to them, amen, the first thing they did is what? They questioned his authority. Who is this man? Where does he get all these things from? Who does he think he is, in other words? Yeah. Teaching in our synagogue. And, and maybe they were offended, amen, at, at the, the, the education he received while he was gone in their eyes, while he lived in Nazareth, amen, growing up there and all those things. That now he thinks he's above us. You know, or maybe they were offended, amen, and some other reason. Because I know you're just the carpenter's son. I remember when you was bad just like the rest of these kids running around here. But all of a sudden, now you want to be the master, the messiah. You, you want to, you know, I mean, I, I, you know, I look at people that, that knew me back then. They would have a hard time receiving me now. Because what they know. But remember we said you don't know what you don't know. See, when you don't know what God has done, and you don't know where God has brought me from, you don't know what God has brought me through to get me to this place now. And a lot of those things that a brother didn't want to suffer through, amen, but because we're walking in faith and un in belief, trusting God, able to get over the hump, just like many of you, now you're somebody that you didn't used to be. Because you walked in the belief. And he, I'm challenging us today to walk in that belief in every area of our lives. I don't care how many mistakes or decisions we've made. To the contrary. Hello, somebody. Trust God. If you have faith. Isn't that what he said? If you have faith. He said, speak. To your mountain. He didn't say run off to the valley. But he says speak. To your mountain. The thing that's trying to say. I'm too high and too hard. And too difficult. To climb. So go to the valley. Where it's easy. And it's not challenging. And where all the other riffraff goes. Because. Everybody ain't going to make it to the mountaintop. I know I want to I want to make it to the mountaintop. You know, I, 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 I want to get to the place that God has. But they, they question him. And, they, you know, the, the, one of the things is they became too familiar with him. Oh, we know him. We know his mother. We know his sisters. We know your brothers. Oh, man, we know you. We don't got to show you no respect. We ain't got to show you no honor. You're just one of us. And I was, as I was working on it, I thought, how many Christians are in church serving God 
But they become so familiar with him. So comfortable around him that they think their dialogue with God is a conversation rather than commands. They think it's optional rather than directional. And they're not, well, yeah, me and God talked about it. I'm okay with it. Help me, Lord. How many times have I heard that over the last 27 years of leading a church? I have, no, no, that's, that's the one. Yeah, he know my heart. That's what uh, he does. He really does. He knows how polluted it is. How deceived it is. He knows. But, but we got this other one. I have peace. I have peace. Woo, goodness. Remember? How long have he been in this state? That you can have peace. Right. Going against the word of God. How long have you been in this state that that deaf and dumb spirit ignoring the word of God had peace? Now a lot of times people come to me and say I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do the other thing. One of the first things I usually say is have you talked to God about it? You know, that, that question gets avoided so much. <laughs> you know, but it doesn't change the fact. Oh my God. I got peace. I almost want to say, just well, enjoy your peace now. <laughs> enjoy, because it's short-lived. Honey, brother, it's short-lived if we don't line up to what he's saying, amen. See, so after they said that, they said, well, okay, who are you? And they were familiar with him. Then they, you know, they, they got offended in him. All these things, amen. And we got to look at ourselves. You know, and say maybe, maybe, maybe my, this word has offended someone in the room already. Maybe it's offended someone online. I, I don't know. But the word of God is the word of God. And, and whether we're going to be offended or not, he said, what if some don't believe in their unbelief? Does that make the word of God without effect? God forbid. It's going to do what it's intended to do. He said, let the wheat and the tare grow together. Because it's going to do. He does the separating. All we do, amen, is bring his word. It's so clear. It's so evident, amen, that we can find so many reasons to be offended in God. To be offended by his word. And, and, but we won't call it offense. But it's no less an offense. You know, usually when this word interferes with something that we want to do or our lifestyle or I can say maybe he didn't do it when or how we wanted him to do it. He didn't intervene like we expected him to intervene. Don't forget, he is God, by the way. <laughs> you know, he has the right to do and not to do. You know, this 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 my last passage that I'm going to be done. Because we need to understand, amen, that he's the one in control and in charge and we are not. <laughs> you know, like I said so many times, you have the power to do whatever you want to do, but that doesn't mean you have the right to do it. Amen, because if you had the right, there would be no consequences. But First Peter, the second chapter, verses 6, 7, and 8. So, Therefore also it is contained in the scripture. Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. That's powerful. All by itself. If you just believe him, you might be in the craziest of circumstances, but you won't be confounded. Because you'll know there's a way out, there's an answer, there's help, there's hope. Amen. Because you've got a God making the way. It says, unto you, therefore, which believe in him, believe he is precious. But unto them which be disobedient, mm, the stone which the builders disallowed, 
the same is made the head of the corner. And a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. Wow. He said he is the chief cornerstone. Now, so you, when, when they used to big build buildings back in the day, sometimes you go back to the 1800s, you see an old building, you see on that corner, and they have the date etched in the, the that, that, that's the cornerstone. And what the cornerstone did is once they, they, they took meticulous effort to set that cornerstone to be the foundation of that building. Everything is built from that cornerstone. It is it makes sure that the building is true up and down. It's correct. It sets everything in motion. So what am I saying? If Jesus is the chief cornerstone, that means our lives need to be completely built on him and his word. Amen. But if we disallow, the, if we take the cornerstone out, everything going to basically crumble. It's going to fall apart. So, but see, when we disallow it, amen, what's happening is we're choosing because I'm offended. Because if I do it like this cornerstone says, I'm going to end up there instead of over there. But I want to go over there. So I, I, I got to get rid of the cornerstone. And then I got to find a way in my mind to justify it. Y'all know how all that works. I ain't going to go to all that. But the cornerstone don't change. The cornerstone, amen, remains the same. And everything else is going to be measured by that cornerstone. And if it's not lining up with the cornerstone, then obviously it's out of order. Or as it says here, disobedient. Oh my goodness. But I love what he said. Amen. If we would just do what he said, then we would be blessed, are they? What did he tell John? Remember when John the Baptist came and he was in jail and he sent some of his disciples to question Jesus, you know, to see if he's the one. Because why? John was going through his own situation. So he began to have some unbelief. But John did the right thing. He sent for word from the man of God, from God himself. He sent for word to me. Just, just I, I, I'm struggling right here. I don't understand. I done preached your word. I was a forerunner. I baptized. I ate locusts and wild honey. I did all this stuff. And now I'm in jail and they want to cut off my head. Something's up here. Go ask Jesus if he's really the one. Because his doubts start rising. And John didn't want to go through that. John wasn't ready to die. No. But it was time. So he sent them. But Jesus went to healing folks. When they came and asked him, he went to healing folks and, and doing all these things. Then he said, now go tell John the things you've seen and heard. And then he went on to say, and, and those that believe in me will not be offended. Even though you go through stuff. Even though trouble still comes to your door, child of God, you won't be offended if you just believe in me. We have to believe the word of God. We have to stop disallowing the stone and submit ourselves to the will and the word of God. Mm. I'll submit to you another thought as I close. Let's stand on our feet. You know, could it be that sin is not the real reason many people are going to miss out on entering the kingdom of God? Could it really be unbelief? Because if we would just choose, you know, if you, you think about this, if we would just choose to, to truly walk in and trust the truth of the word of God, then truth overcomes sin. And thereby we can walk in his righteousness, amen, and we can enter into his rest. But if we choose to believe not, then sin will have power and authority over our eternity. The choice is, is yours and mine. So I want you to close your eyes right now. 
and within your heart. You know, sometimes that heart can be deceitful. But in your heart, begin to ask God, am I offended in you? Show me my offenses. Am I struggling in areas of unbelief that I've denied even to myself? Ask him. If you earnestly ask him, I I know he'll reveal to you the deceptions, the place where the dumb and deaf spirit has taken a boat to try and hide you, child of God, from the truth. To try and continue to lead you down the path of destruction. Speak to the Lord. Speak to the Lord. See, this is not between me and you. This is really comes down to it's between you and him. Because I don't have a heaven and hell to put nobody in. <laughs> and Jesus went to the cross so that none of us would go to him. So we know what his plan, his desire is. So we come before you. And if anyone here needs to come to the altar and just give it to God, the altar's open. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is a holy moment between you and your God. Hallelujah. He loves you. Keep your eyes closed, please. Please. He loves you. He died for you. He wants you for his own. So that he can lavish on you the blessings of eternal life and all the things that come along with it. But this world and this flesh is meant for destruction and it will be destroyed. Jesus wants to get us up out of here. But he wants us to believe him. So we say, Lord, help my unbelief. Lord, help my unbelief so that I can live the life that you have called us as Christians to live through the good and through the bad, through the joy and through the pain. Help my unbelief that I can continue to stand on your word that I can continue to walk in truth not in the lives of the world or of my flesh or of the adversary but Lord help me to walk in the truth without offense Overcoming unbelief every time it raises its ugly head. Help us so that we can help others. Lord, we thank you and we bless you and we praise you. Hallelujah. Father, I pray for this young man. This man of God, Lord, you know the things, the issues of God that he's trusting you with, God. And you know how far you've brought him how much you've already done in his life, God. But there's more. There's more. Hallelujah. Even as Pastor Linda mentioned that more, Lord, I just sense there's more that you're going to do. Not just for him, but through him. Lord, he continues to trust you day by day, step by step. Lord, through the pain Lord, through the, the, the struggles, Lord, we know that you are greater and you're building something in him that's bigger than his stature, God. And we say, let it be done in the name of Jesus as he cast all his care and his trust upon you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Now, I pray that somebody's heard this word today. 
whether they're in this room or online, that somebody's heard this word and said, Lord, help my unbelief. Unbelief will stop us in our tracks. Unbelief will separate us from God. Unbelief will cause us to do things that we otherwise know that are not pleasing to him. So help us, Father. Help us right now. Amen. Turn it over. Our closing prayer. Y'all keep me in prayer. Hallelujah.